Welcome to Florida. That's the voice of Craig Pittman, and I'm Chad Scott. This is Welcome to Florida, a podcast series that is going to explore the weird, the wild, the wonderful, the strange, Florida history, Florida politics, Florida environmental news, and we are very excited to bring this to you. Craig Pittman, someone you probably are familiar with from his numerous books, Cattail, more on that later. Manatee Insanity, Oh Florida, How America's Weirdest State Influences the Rest of the Country, The Scent of Scandal, Paving Paradise, and of course his longtime record as uh, an environmental reporter for the Tampa Bay Times. Craig, I'm excited to begin this uh, podcasting adventure with you. And why do you love Florida? Oh my gosh, how could you not love Florida? Uh, well, to start with, I'm I'm a native, which means, of course, I have to wear an ankle monitor so the Fish and Wildlife <laughs> Service can keep track of me. We have an award-winning state park system. We have the world's most beautiful beaches. Uh, we have these great state forests. We have cotton candy sunsets. And, of course, we have the world's most interesting police blotter. So, <laughs> you know, you, you, I call it the most interesting state, uh, you know, because... If you want to go somewhere where the news is the same day after day after day, you know, go out to one of those western states. Go out to one of those square states like Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But if you want to live in a place where every day you turn on the news or you open the newspaper and you go, wow, a guy punched a swan today, <laughs> you're in the right place. <laughs> this is this is home. <laughs> where in Florida were you born? I'm from Pensacola originally. Uh, some people claim that's lower Alabama, but that's a, that's a lie. Um, uh, I grew up there. My parents were Florida natives. In fact, uh, we can trace our family uh, all the way back to 1850 is when our, oh, wow. our first ancestor arrived here in Florida, uh, apparently looking for a good deal on waterfront condos. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, grew up there. My first newspaper job was there uh, covering, uh, you know, politics and mm-hmm. so forth in the panhandle, which, of course, is crazy wild anyway. Uh, and then worked uh, for the Sarasota Herald Tribune for three years and then spent 30 years at the Tampa Bay Times. And now I'm writing a weekly column for the Florida Phoenix. So, um, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of uh, going out and tromping in Florida swamps and, and uh, wading around in our uh, many waterways and um, uh, riding with mm-hmm. uh, python hunters. It's been a blast. It really has. If you had to pick a favorite part of the state, which would you choose? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I, I really like I'm, I live in St. Petersburg. I have since um, uh, the early 90s, and I, I really love it here, uh, you know, because it's pretty centrally located to be able to reach the other parts of the state. Mm-hmm. We're really close to the beaches. Uh, we're about <laughs> Our house is about five minutes away from where the Tampa Bay Rays play when they do play. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, we're a block away from a, a waterfront park, which is awesome. Our house was built in the 1920s, so it's got that, you know, uh, we survived several hurricanes mm-hmm. to be able to do it. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's just a, it's just a, a great vibe that this city has you know they used to call it god's waiting room uh back when it was full of mm-hmm. nothing but retirees but it's a it's a it's it's a good place for families to live now too how about you well uh speaking of saint petersburg i took my first uh visit there uh last february february of i guess two februarys ago 2019 uh in addition to working in radio i live in uh, i live in amelia island i work in jacksonville i've lived in florida for eight years working uh, at the sports radio station 1010XL in Jacksonville. But I've also uh, become interested in art and 
I, I cover the intersection of art and travel at Forbes.com. So I was invited by the Museum of Fine Arts, St. Petersburg, uh, a year ago to visit the St. Petersburg area. And I was really blown away by the downtown. I had no idea what to expect. But with the James Museum, uh, the Western Art and Wildlife Museum, the Dali Museum, all the murals, the uh, street side cafe uh, scene. I mean, St. Petersburg really surprised me tremendously and is, is a, a place I look forward to returning. Great. Well, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. So uh, I came to Florida, like I said, eight years ago, although my backstory with the state is, is much longer, as you could imagine. My, uh, <laughs> I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. My paternal mm-hmm. grandparents retired to a little town called White Springs in the Panhandle by Lake City. When I was in grade school, middle school, high school, every so often, you know, for spring break, I would take trips with my dad down to visit. And between Stephen F. Foster and the alligators and the the Spanish moss and the, the climate, I I could not. This was so exotic to me. Um, it, it was like going to Hawaii or Morocco or the moon and mm-hmm. something. Oh, with boiled peanuts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but something about Florida really captivated me. And I remember distinctly I'm 11 years old, 12 years old in Wisconsin, ice fishing, middle of winter, frozen to my core. And I made a vow to myself. This is one of these, like, turning points in life. Uh, I made a vow to myself that I would have two goals, one of which was to drive a Cadillac at some point in my life, the other of which was to someday live in Florida. And uh, I have bought and sold my first Cadillac. I drive a crappy little Nissan now. Uh, (laughs) And I have been wanting to get to Florida ever since I was 12 years old. And uh, I'm 45 now, so at 37, I made it to Amelia Island uh, and the Jacksonville area, and that is my favorite part of the state. I love so much about this state and the the climate and the natural beauty uh, like you talked about, and that's certainly something we're going to focus on throughout this podcast. You mentioned the state park system up by me, Amelia Island State Park, Big Talbot Island, Little Talbot Island. That's the, the side of Florida that I love. I can do without the theme parks. I can do without the high-rise condos, but I do love the Everglades, and I love Sanibel and Captiva, and I love, you know, the, the, the Ocala-Gainesville uh, area and the scenic beauty uh, that can be found throughout this state, and, and the sort of under-recognized aspects of Florida like that. You know, again, I, I think, you know, for my money, uh, the beaches here on Amelia Island, free parking, no crowds, best in the world, like you said. Yeah. 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 When people think of Florida... It's Disney, it's Universal, it's SeaWorld, it's South Beach, and, and that obviously deserves a lot of, of attention. No but question. not all of it, yeah. And it's yeah. far from the best part, I think, particularly to anyone who's lived here, like, like you have for so long and I, I have more recently. Uh, we've talked about how we've gotten to Florida and how we came to be here, how you and I came to be here, and to pull the curtain back, this is the second time we've ever spoken. (laughs) So we are uh, developing our uh, chemistry and relationship along with the audience, and I think that's uh, great. But your most, well, let's start with this. Your history as an author. Tell us that story. Um, start at the beginning and then finish off with Cattail. And then Cattail is the book that really put you on my radar and us together. And uh, I'll take it from there. 
Okay, sure. Gosh, I'd say about 2005, I worked on a uh, series of stories with another reporter named Matt Waite on how Florida's wetlands, even though they're legally protected, were constantly getting filled in and paved over. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers told us that they were issuing more permits to destroy wetlands in Florida than in any other state. Uh, and so we did this whole series. The series was called They Won't Say No, mm-hmm. uh, because the Army always said yes to all these permits. And it won several awards, state and national awards. And a professor at the University of South Florida named Gary Mormino, students call him Father Gary, um, <laughs> contacted me and said, if you thought about turning that into a book? And I said, no. And he said, you should think about turning that into a book and put us in touch with some editors. And so that became, in 2009, uh, Paving Paradise, Florida's Vanishing Wetlands and the Failure of No Net Loss. Uh, which Matt and I wrote together mm-hmm. uh, in between trying to kill each other. Um, <laughs> and then um, it was a big success and won some awards. And the folks at the at the University Press of Florida said, what else have you got? And I said, well, the most controversial thing I cover uh, on my beat is manatee protection. How about a book about that? And they said, sure. So I wrote Manatee Insanity, Inside the War on Florida's Most Famous, uh, Over Florida's Most Famous Endangered Species. Mm-hmm. Um which, by the way, people tell me that that's their favorite title out of all my books, and I have to confess, I got it off of a T-shirt at a public <laughs> hearing. <laughs> 3,000 people showed up in Fort Myers to wow. stream the Fish and Wildlife Service, and one guy was wearing a T-shirt that said, Stop the Manatee Insanity, and I thought, that would make a great name for a book. <laughs> so, so if you ever write a book and you're stuck for a title, just look around at the T-shirts around you. Um, Good advice. The third book, uh, was those two books are are more in terms of like environmental history, Florida history. Uh, my third book is more of a just a great yarn. Um, it's called The Scent of Scandal: Greed, Betrayal, and the World's Most Beautiful Orchid. And it's about how um, this orchid was discovered in Peru and brought to Selby Botanical Gardens mm-hmm. in Sarasota for identification, and then it turned into an international incident and a criminal case. The grand jury started issuing subpoenas. Selby Gardens wound up facing criminal charges. Uh, it's just a crazy, crazy story. And it's also, uh, if you look on the back of the book, it's the only book I know of that's classified as true crime slash gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and I, always, I always feel bad for the bookstore clerks trying to figure out which shelf it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, uh, and then came the big one. Um, I had been doing a, a, a blog for Slate, Mm-hmm. Uh, during the uh, during the George Zimmerman trial, and the, the blog was called Oh Florida, where I blogged about different aspects of living in Florida. And a con, uh, an agent from New York contacted me and said, "We think this would be a great topic for a book to come out during 2016, during the presidential election mm-hmm. year, because of course every four years that's when the rest of the country kind of gives Florida the side eye and wonders how we're going to screw up the election." <laughs> so, uh, so I turned the blog; it, it sort of became the basis for. Uh, my book, Oh, Florida, How America's Weirdest State Influences the Rest of the Country, uh, which um, I was really happy with the way it turned out. And we sent it around to 16 publishers, and 15 of them said, no, thank you. We don't think people want to buy a book about Florida. And the 16th one was St. Martin's Press, and they said, "Oh wow, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And so they published the book, and it hit the New York Times bestseller yeah. list. And got rave reviews in the New York Times. It's like the dating, Post, all it takes the, is one yes. And the LA Times, yeah, yeah. all it takes mm-hmm. is one yes. <laughs> so I feel like writing a thank you note to the other publishers because <laughs> I don't think they would have promoted it as well as St. Martin's did. Uh-huh. Um, and then finally, uh, Cattail, which came out in January uh, from Hanover Square Press, um, 
I have been writing stories about Florida Panthers, about the efforts to save the Florida Panther for 20 years. And every time I would do one of those stories, I would think this would make a great book because mm-hmm. there are some interesting, unusual characters involved. Uh, you know, the the biologist who gave one dying panther mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, for instance. Yeah. Um, and um, there are t- incredible twists and turns in the plot that you'd never see coming. Uh, you know, it's a detective story. It's a wildlife story. Uh, it's a, a story about government bureaucracy gone awry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, science, it's a science story, obviously. It's a story about women in science battling against the, the glass ceiling. Um, but I, could, I didn't have an ending. And you can't write a book until you have the ending. It's like, you know, that'd be like mm-hmm. taking to the road and not having a roadmap. Finally, about three years ago, I got an ending, a, a good ending, a, a hopeful ending. I'm not going to call it a happy ending, but it's a hopeful ending. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, now I can sit down and write this book. And um, and it uh, the folks at uh, Hanover Square have been very happy with it. Uh, uh, we got rave reviews in the Wall Street Journal, uh, Publishers Weekly, Garden and Gun Magazine. Um, and a lot of people have been telling me it's a it's a good quarantine read. They've enjoyed it as yeah. a, a something to read that sort of it's that hopeful ending. I think that really kind of connects with people. Well, so, uh, yeah, I, I believe I came across Cattail uh, the review in the Wall Street Journal, and I have mm-hmm. long been interested in environmental topics. Uh, I'm a, a huge wildlife lover, nature lover, and uh, read the review and thought, ah, that's, that's interesting. As it, as it, as it happened, uh, through my work at, at Forbes.com writing about art, I had been invited by the um, Cultural Council and the uh, Visit Palm Beaches to uh, take a trip to Palm Beach County and uh, look around at the uh, Norton Art Museum and uh, various other cultural institutions they had down there and so my wife and i were going to go this was just before the quarantine this was uh mm-hmm. the, the last yeah. uh trip i i took with her and we used to travel all the time and hopefully still will so this would have been the middle of february and we did the uh book on tape deal audible and uh, listened all the way down and all the way back and a more despairing tale of the failure of both the Democratic and Republican Party in this state at the local, state, and federal level to protect our environment, our wild animals, the greatest gift, patrimony, you know, cultural heritage this country has, our native world, um, how at every turn the interests of politics and development uh, and money were given priority over the Florida Panther and how much more of this state could easily have been saved, should easily have been saved, how the Florida Panther uh, could have thrived not only throughout its native habitat, but you, you talk about reintroduction plans up here in Jacksonville, and it is a fantastic, uh, despairing to me story because I'm always rooting for the Panther, and, and the Panther sure. loses every single one almost, of these almost, questions. Almost yeah. every. Almost every. <laughs> so, <laughs> they finally win. They finally win at the end. So, so yeah. So listening to this book um, really was a wake-up call for me that I had to get 
more involved, that I had to become more educated about these topics? Because I, I, had, a, I had a great life. I made my donations to the Nature Conservancy and the, the National Wildlife Federation. And, you know, I recycled and did my stuff. But, but when, I, when I listened to Cattail, I was like, I, I've got to be more active. I, I can't leave this in the hands of other people because other people have routinely screwed the pooch here and will continue to do so. And I've got to educate myself. And it's not only listening to Cattail, it became following Craig Pittman on Twitter at Craig Time. So I began cyber stalking you. And, and as the as the quarantine hit... That would explain all the drones flying around. <laughs> yeah. As you'll get to know... That's not me. If you know anything about... I'm very non-technical. We will learn more about each other. And, and that's one thing you can be sure of from me. Um, so as the quarantine uh, hit and you have extra time and you're thinking about all these issues and Trump's environmental record uh, federally with how it's impacting the state. And uh, I, I was thinking, you know, what what can I do? How can I help? How can I raise awareness? And with my uh, background in radio, I had, had thought about doing podcasts, but didn't want to do anything in sports, which I've been in for 25 years. And I, I really wanted to, to, to learn more than to, you know, just give my opinions and thought, you know, who... I can't do that by myself because I don't know enough. And it, it dawned on me that, hey, here's the guy right here. Here's the guy, Craig Pittman, who's got the background, who's got the record, who has the insight, who knows where the bodies are buried. Someone who has this great personality that is a, a wonderful mix of, you know, snark and informed and, you know, just outright funny and storytelling. So uh, that's uh, how you came to be on my radar. And then I, you know, sent you an email one day and said, hey, here's who I am and here's what I'd like to do. And um, as it so happened, the idea of a podcast was something you'd considered before yourself. Yep, definitely, definitely. Well, um, you know, the, the, the other interesting thing about uh, Cattail is you could argue, and I, I, I think it's a correct argument, that Florida school children saved the Florida Panther. Ultimately, mm-hmm. they're the ones because they voted to make it our state animal. And if they had not done that, then it would not have gotten the attention from uh, government officials that it received. And that ultimately led to people being concerned about and trying to figure out what was wrong with them and why they were disappearing so fast. I mean, you know, in 1995, we were down to about 20 of them, and now there's about yeah. 200. Uh, you know, they're not out of the woods, part mm-hmm. of the fun, but, uh, but they're doing a lot better than they were in the, in the mid-90s. And again, you know, if it hadn't been for the kids, Mm-hmm. <laughs> they probably would have faded right on out, and nobody would have noticed. Paving Paradise, The Scent of Scandal, Manatee Insanity, Oh Florida, Cattail, all of those are available uh, for purchase wherever you get your uh, books online or in bookstores. You remember those things, right, where you go in walk in the door and you <laughs> look at books and magazines and that kind of thing. And I would uh, definitely uh, recommend all of those. And that's what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be Craig. It's going to be myself. We're going to talk about orchids and panthers and alligators and weird people doing weird things and Florida <laughs> history and storytelling. And we're going to uh, talk to guests who can provide additional insight onto this. And, and we hope to be able to share uh, a degree of our passion, a degree of our love, and a degree of our interest 
in the state of Florida with all of you. And and, and like you've said, Craig, I mean, there is no more interesting place to be and probably no more interesting time to be there. Absolutely. And also, uh, occasionally we'll offer you a Florida survival tip. Ooh. So, so here's one. Here's one. One of my favorites. You know how sometimes you're at the beach and you'll suddenly discover a pain around your ankles and mm-hmm. look down and you'll, you'll have collected some sand spurs? Yes. I hate sand spurs. But, um, but the way you remove them is you lift your fingers and then you grab them. And that way the spines won't stab into your fingers when you pull them loose. So there's your Florida survival tip for today. Welcome to Florida. Florida.